0: And now, the award-winning Powerhouse Voice of Radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. And today, I'm I'm very honored and very excited to interview an amazing woman who I've had on the program before. And uh, she's really a healer in her own right. Her name is Robbie Holes. She's an internationally respected healer. Speaker and award-winning author of the memoir, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. And again, her new book is Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, A Journey of Healing and Spirituality with a remote Australian tribe. And she was in Australia. She studied with the Aborigines and she has so much to say about their healing methods and what they've done. And uh, we're devoting a whole hour to this program. And you certainly, uh, if you're here live, which is today is September 12th, then you can call in at 1-866-472-5788. And if you're listening after the interview's over, you can log on to Robbie's website, which is, um, what is it again, Robbie? It's, Hol- oh, here we go, holzwellness.com, H-O-L-Z wellness.com.
2: Welcome, Robbie. Thank you for having me here today, Patricia. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, me too. All right, let's first talk about this. In the book, your husband, who has passed, traveled, Dr. Gary Holes, had traveled to remote village an aboriginal village in australia he was hoping that the healers would reverse him as his ms his multiple sclerosis and it was written about in the secrets of aboriginal healing so that was really an amazing journey but you say that the real story happened after gary's experience so tell us what was remarkable about his experience and his return from the outback village
2: well, Gary was a, um, he's a physicist, a scientist. He invented things. He was very much immersed in the scientific black and white world. For, so for him to go into the outback to have aboriginals help him heal his um, multiple sclerosis, he was a quadriplegic at this point, you mm. know, and just negated, he Western medicine didn't have anything for him. And so for this scientific um, person to go into the outback hoping a tribe could heal him was actually pretty remarkable to start with but he didn't have any other answers so he went into the outback and after ten days Patricia He had feeling throughout his entire body, which he hadn't had in seven years. And he was clumsily walking down that airplane um, aisle on the return flight home, even though he'd been in a wheelchair for many, many years. So he came back from the outback, and that was a remarkable journey, and that we write about in Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. All right,
1: so let's, before we move on from that, what do you attribute that to, Robbie? Now, were you with him at that point? Were you
2: there with him? No, I didn't know him at that point. That was in 1994. Okay. what uh,
1: What do you make of that? What
2: I mean, what you know, people hear that and they go, "Really? What, what's your feeling about that? Or what's the process?" Well, I think that you know, this particular tribe in the outback of Australia were known for, um, as other tribes, for he- remarkable healing gifts and. I think out of total desperation, he knew he was dying. He knew that he had to find answers to survive, and that's what brought him into the outback desert. And it's interesting when he um, he met a naturopathic doctor who was able to put him in touch with his tribe. And when he did connect to them, they already knew he was coming for four months. They'd already been preparing, and he just learned about it. They're very tapped into this greater, this higher consciousness, if you will. So I think that. What happened was he went through this amazing, miraculous transformation. And I think, Patricia, the reason that happened is because he was highly respected as a physicist and an inventor. And so the Aborigines were to give their healing secrets to him, which they don't do that. But they knew that they were supposed to give their healing secrets to him and that he had the ability to take it out into the world because we don't really understand how healing works. So I think this man needed to survive and miraculously change and come back, and that's where the book comes in. We put this information together so that you don't have to go to the outback to be healed by a tribe, that that information is there, accessible to everybody. Um, and I, I think that it was part of his soul's journey to go into the outback, have this experience, and then come back and bring this information out to the world. And, and to be honest, that book is now in over 40 countries, so that's exactly wow. what's happened. Um, yeah mm, mm. how- ex- so you met him after this I did. I met him in two thousand one yes yeah. <clears throat> and and at that point, he had actually changed quite a bit since his trip to the outback. Um, you know the the Aboriginal people this tribe taught him so much. I think the biggest thing that he learned is that there's a lot of gray that can 't be explained, but it still exists, and that was pretty hard for a scientist to accept that, but it 's true. So he came back from the outback, and that's when his world really um, got very interesting. He realized that he was a very gifted healer. He didn't know that before. He just it was going down the physicist's path, and he wow. started quietly helping people heal stage four cancers, healing AIDS, and he was doing this, just people were finding him. He was never, you know, really actively wow. seeking patients but they just, you know, people kept coming to him, and that's when he discovered that he had a lot of the gifts that the Aboriginal uh, people had in the outback. He could see um, people's skin became transparent to him. He could see tumors. He could see, Wow. Uh, I remember him telling me one time, he could see a heart that was having a hard time when he was uh, approached by a man who came to see him, to help him, th- fix his dog. So it was uh, very interesting how he kept developing these gifts like the Aboriginal people do. He could see remotely. He could actually work Mm. on people remotely. Mm. Um, I mean, he could become telepathic to everything like the Aboriginals. But this didn't uh, happen until he came back. Right, right. The the Aboriginal people told him that he had remarkable healing gifts. And he didn't know that. And then he came back and he started developing it slowly. He had a roommate who used to have severe migraines uh, during that particular time of the month. And so he just kind of knew instinctively to put his hand on the the back of her neck and let energy flow through him and be the conduit for it. And she stopped having those migraines. So then he started working on racehorses and uh, the same thing was starting to happen. They were healing. The animals would just calm down when he was around them, and he, they would mm-hmm. let him work on him. So it just kept progressing and progressing, and as he opened up more to his gifts, it just was ex- interesting how it kept expanding to simply knowing where the person lived, what city they were in around the world, and their first name was enough to connect um, because That's he had really an angel amazing. that worked through him. Yeah, That's, he was the, the so human conduit.
1: How did... So at some point, you know, during your marriage, I mean, you obviously discovered that he was telepathic. And then what was it like being married to him? I mean, could he read you?
2: Could he see what was going on with you? <laughs> you know, he, he could. He, he could. And, and I, um, I did not know that he was telepathic for the first year of our marriage. So that's interesting. But I started to pick up on stuff. He was very quiet. He's a very shy man. And uh, he didn't abuse his gifts. But I did notice a couple of times, all of a sudden, I get this thought, let's go get an ice cream cone. And I'd suggest it to him, Gary, let's go. I feel like some, getting some ice cream. You want to go get some? And he's like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And that's when I started to pick up on, he just planted that in my head. Um, really? But, How did you yeah. know that? How did you know I that? Did- I just sort of intuitively knew. It, it took me a, You know, it didn't happen the first time, but after a couple times, I knew that it just popped in out of my head, out of nowhere. In fact, the first time I went to his home, uh, I had brought my sister to come to his home to help him heal her. Uh, she had a very rare disease that there weren't any answers in Western medicine. And we had a snowstorm here in Seattle, which is very unusual, and we couldn't get around, but we managed to get to his home. And I remember standing at the kitchen sink of this gorgeous home overlooking the lake, and all of a sudden what popped in my head is, wouldn't you love to marry Gary and live here? And I thought, where did that come from? And, and no, put I wouldn't. he in so there. He did. So you got yeah, to be, you know, it's not always easy, Patricia, to know what people are thinking. It's not always, there's no filter. Do, Sometimes do you, you may not want to hear think, that I don't want to marry him. Do you him. think that we can do that? I mean, do you
1: think if we're, do you think, Right, normal or regular, if in quotes, people can do
2: that? Yes. Can we plant those thoughts in other people's minds? Absolutely. I think we do it now, whether we're aware of it or not. We're all telepathic. It's to what degree have you developed that? And quite honestly, little kids have a very strong telepathy. They, um, but they, if they don't use it, they start to lose it around five or seven by seven. They pretty much have lost a lot of that gift, but we are, you know how you can, especially people that you're very closely connected with, you can finish their sentences or you know what they're going to say. We, we have that ability. You know what your dog is thinking. It's just, we have that I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you about the dog because
1: so, so many people really feel they're communicating very strongly with their animals and that the animals know exactly
2: what they're feeling and thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. And to communicate with your dog better, animals uh, sort of communicate with pictures. So if you want to communicate better with that animal, make sure that you send a picture of what you want, not what you don't want. They don't know the difference. So show a picture in your head of them not on the couch or going to the bathroom in the yard in the section you want. Well, let,
1: let's talk about that, because I think that's really something that, um, and we have a couple minutes to break, but that's something you have, I've learned from you and from your book, is that what the Aborigines do is they don't talk about what they don't want. They only focus on where they're going. And although that sounds, you know, terrific and easy, it is not.
2: Well, it's this training. It's just conditioning of the mind. Um for the most part, a lot of us are unconsciously thinking all the time about what we don't want. And it's, it's about becoming more conscious that that mind is so powerful. A focused mind is one of the most powerful things on the planet. And you need to make sure that you're focusing on what you do want. There's a great quote about Mother Teresa would never go to an anti-war rally, only pro-peace, because she never, ever wanted to give any energy to the war. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with the politicians right now. Mm -hmm. You don't give any energy to the ones that you don't want. You just stay focused on give energy to the ones that you do want.
1: Wow. All right. We're going to take a break. Amazing. There is plenty more with Robbie Holes, who's an amazing woman. She's an international speaker, holistic wellness consultant, with her late husband, Dr. Gary Holtz. She's the author of the award-winning book, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. And her newest book is Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening: The Journey of Healing and Spirituality with the Remote Australian Australian Tribe. And she will talk to us about how we can heal ourselves. That many times we feel powerless and struck and stuck, and we we think that we don't have any power to help ourselves. And Robbie's gonna talk about where people get stuck in their healing. We'll also talk all about Spiritual awakenings in healing, and how you can really help yourself get what you want through a lot of the techniques that are these Aboriginal secrets. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Show, and I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. You can also contact Robbie through her website, which is HolzWellness.com, H-O-L-Z Wellness.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back.
3: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
4: Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: Robbie Holes, who is the author of Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. She's an international speaker and a holistic wellness consultant. And what's interesting is not just the fact that Robbie's late husband studied with the Aborigines and came back and taught her some of this, she went there and she worked with the Aborigines. She was in specific ceremonies with them. Talk about that. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, what was it like to be in a tribe, and, and what were some of the things that you saw?
2: Well, y- you know, it was an honor to be invited. The um, Aboriginal women decided to open up some of their ceremonies to a small group of women, and they invited women from around the world, and I went from the United States with, and invited a friend of mine. And it, But I have to be honest, Patricia, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it was. It is very, very harsh in the outback. It's... Mm. Um, you know, the temperatures are freezing at night and then they're blistering hot during the day. You're constantly being uh, inundated with insects and bugs and there's, you know, wild pigs, wild camels running around and the most dangerous snakes. And there was a, uh, uh, I think it's, um, I can't remember the name of this, but it was as big as a dinner plate chasing my, you know, Ooh. campmate around the fire. It's Ooh. dinner plates, you know, it, it, the body as big as your hand. So it, it's, it's one of those where I got there and I thought, what the heck did I get myself into? But it was such a beautiful experience to be with these Aboriginal women. And they had their children and they had their dogs who were dingoes. I don't, it just was reassuring to see the the children and the um and the and the animals in this really harsh environment. I felt a little bit more comfortable, and we were in the process of creating very, very powerful energy and creating storms. And it got to the point where it kept building and building to one day we just had these amazing thunderstorms that kept circling the camp. And when I went back eventually, when we were finished, I went back to the hotel and they said they hadn't seen storms like that in years. And the aboriginal people said that it was the women that had come from all over that added to the energy. So we were happy to be able to help create some rain in that forest or that uh, desert because it definitely needed it. But they were very, um, it's definitely a different culture. But what is interesting about this particular tribe of remote Aboriginals is that they live in a high level of love. Uh, very much being of service, and they are telepathic, uh, very mm. clearly, and I knew that, so I was being careful about my thoughts. Uh, all right. I want that. to
1: ask you this question. When you were in all of these with, the, as you said, the spiders and the snakes and the harsh conditions, how did you cope? I mean, how did you get through the fear? Do you feel you were being protected by them? How, how did you get through that?
2: Yeah, and I and I also knew uh, Gary had passed the year before and I felt like he was responsible for getting my invitation to be with these women. I knew that he was watching over me. I knew he was protecting me. And to be honest, at one point I was lying in my sleeping bag trying to get up enough nerve during the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. You have to go dig a hole and, you know, you don't leave anything behind and it's just a it's freezing and the, the whole thing was scary and it took me about an hour and a half to get up enough nerve but at one point i heard a plane overhead and just hearing that plane overhead brought a lot of comfort to me that i that there was a civilized world not far away because it just felt like mm-hmm. i landed on mars you yeah, know yeah and you talked about the thunderstorms that you
1: that you felt that not only did you witness them, do you feel that they created those thunderstorms?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. The remote Aboriginal people that are still connected to the old ways, this is ancient wisdom. This is over 60,000 years old. They're the oldest continuous culture on the planet. Mm. They know, one of the best things about them is they are very connected to the planet. They know that if they need rain, they're out of alignment. It, that, that they, they know that they have such deep respect and love for the planet. For Earth, They've never lost that. They've always maintained it. And I think they, they've said that when we started speaking out loud, that's when we sort of lost that connection. We lost that ability be, to be telepathic. We didn't hear the tree's you know, singing to us, or which is what all these indigenous cultures will tell you. They hear the mountains talking to each other. It's It sounds so bizarre and fascinating, but it's true. All these indigenous cultures from all over the world say the same thing. They've always had that connection. So mm. they know how to create rain. They know how to manifest. And that's some of the messages that they brought, that we put in the book, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing, is not just creating health, but also how to create anything. It comes down to the same process. They use those same five steps for all parts of their life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they—they, they, I could feel, Patricia, that they were raising our vibration a little bit every day, a little bit every day, to get into these higher frequencies and vibrations mm-hmm. where you could actually feel that we were all connected. You not just intellectually know it, but feel it. You could feel, at one point, I could feel such tremendous love coming from Gaia, the planet. It, mm. it was just overwhelming. That's what happens when you get mm. into these higher vibrations, and that's where they're living.
1: Yeah, and you say that, you know, they so believe in the power of the mind and that you feel there's unlimited assistance for all of us for healing. You had two brushes with death and your own miraculous healing from hep C and fibromyalgia, and you've used those healing principles. So how did you use those? And then how can anyone tap into this amazing healing power?
2: Well, and that's, I think, one of the main messages I want to get out to people is we are incredibly uh, powerful healers and creators, whether we know it or not. This is what's going on and yet why you need to pay attention to what are you thinking because it's happening. That's what you're creating. So I was given a blood transfusion when I delivered my son in 85 and it had hepatitis C. Mm -hmm. And the hepatitis C almost killed me. Mm -hmm. And then the experimental treatment that the doctors put me on almost killed me again. But at this point, I now had not only hepatitis C, but I had chronic fatigue syndrome, severe brain damage from the drugs they put me on. Um, I was a mess. I couldn't get out of bed for about nine months, and Western medicine had nothing for me. But I was determined to stay alive because I had a little boy that I wanted to live for. And so I started looking for answers and found that there's all kinds of answers outside of Western medicine and that we're incredibly powerful at our own healing. It's just that we're missing pieces. It's a body, mind, spirit, body, mind, soul. Those three are all equally involved with healing. And people need to understand that if they're all aligned, anything can be healed. But what is usually missing for most people is the emotional component. The emotions are not on board with healing. We're blocking that healing. Every time you've cut yourself or bruised yourself, your body just automatically goes into healing. Mm. And, but we're blocking that. So that's what the aboriginal people wanted us to know as to how to recognize what we're doing, the pieces that we're missing on healing.
1: Yeah, and that's very hard, I think, for a lot of us to hear. Because, you know, if you're dealing with a disease, I mean, it could be heart disease, it could be cancer, it could be a chronic disease, it could be arthritis, diabetes. How how do you really heal that on your own? I guess that's the, what do you do? Do you just think, do you see healing around you? I mean, what do you do or do you do anything?
2: Well, that that's. First of all, you may have gotten to the point where you need. You have so progressed down that road now, it's so chronic, you may need to have um, medicine, you may need to have surgery, and that's fine if that's the stage you're at, but what people don't recognize is that the mind is incredibly powerful at helping you heal, and if you don't think you're going to get better, then chances are you won't. Mm -hmm. And so this is where we also have to recognize, this is what the aboriginals taught us, is that... You've got to get to the emotional core to that issue, that physical challenge. Otherwise, it's like picking the top of a dam and it's going to come right back again. So people, I think we all know people who have had tumors removed, cancer healed, and then it comes back again, and that's because they have not cleared up the emotional root. The, we haven't, people don't truly understand that the body is reflecting the emotions and that when you have, if you have fear, if you have stress, you're creating a different type of cell that doesn't really create a vibrant situation. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Emoto's water um, experiments showed yeah. us that those are very disfigured. Whereas if you have mm-hmm. gratitude, gratitude is a different cell and it's, it looks like a beautiful symmetrical snowflake and it has a beautiful healing response on the body. So you have to pay attention to what kind of thoughts. Are they love-based or are they like gratitude and patience and joy or are they mind-based, negative fear, stress, you know, those type of things because that's going to affect your body. And so that's where you have to pay attention. If you have, for instance, if you have a lot of stress and a lot of fear, if you keep doing that, it's like a dashboard on a car starting to blink, letting you know you could be creating a potentially toxic situation in your body. And if you keep doing it and you're not releasing those stress emotions, now that dashboard light is on all the time and it's called uh, Hashimoto's or something else. It's a autoimmune disease is usually starts with a lot of fear and stress throughout the whole system. Mm -hmm. whereas we tend to hold grief in our chest. If you have a lot of grief and you're not releasing that and you're doing it on a regular basis, you need to pay attention because you are blocking energy, you're blocking the life force, you're slowing the chakras down, you're creating cells that aren't helping. And if you have heart disease or breast cancer in in your genetics, you need to be aware of that and be careful that you're releasing that grief rather than constantly engaging in it and not... Uh, releasing it.
1: All right. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Robbie Holtz more about Intense grief after lo- losing a loved one. She lost her husband, but how she feels that she has still developed a continuing partnership with him. And then we're also going to talk about how the average person can find greater consciousness without going through drastic measures. And how can you really work um, work with, into a life of self-healing and joy and connectedness. So the book is Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. And Robbie will also give us some of the secrets of the Aborigines in terms of their healing and their life. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we'll be right back.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio.
0: museum life can be heard live every friday morning at 10 a.m eastern time 7 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel have you found the beauty inside of you join bonnie bonadeo each week for beauty inside and out we'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives our guests are makeup artists hairdressers and doctors but we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel
3: of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen, and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel
0: You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back.
1: Well, happy to have you here. My guest is Robbie Holmes. Her book is Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Robbie is an international speaker and holistic wellness consultant with her late husband, Dr. Gary Holtz. She's the author of the award winning book, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. And we're talking about the secrets, how we can heal ourselves, and how we can really reduce the fear in our lives and the worry and the concern, even though many, many people do it, me included. Um, welcome back, Robbie. All right, let's talk a little bit about where people are getting stuck in healing and, you know, what are some of the things that we can do to help ourselves?
2: Well, I think one of the things is that we, especially here in the United States, we tend to hand over a lot of our healing power over to doctors and, you know, pharmaceutical companies. They have sort of unknowingly or knowingly led us to believe we need their help to heal. And that's not entirely correct. Your body has this innate ability to heal, it naturally goes into healing mode. So we need to, yes, by all means, use doctors and drugs if that is what you need to do. But it's so important to recognize your body already knows how to heal. And so give it that opportunity by following the guidance. We're all guided every day by our intuition, our instincts, our sixth sense, if you will. That Mm -hmm. intuition will tell you what you need to do to heal. And I've had people come to me that tell me when the doctors wanted to give them chemo, it just didn't feel right to them. It just didn't feel right to them instinctively. And that's paying attention to what does your body want and what does the guidance, that inner guidance, tell you is the next step. Maybe it's telling you to go to a different practitioner to eat something different. If you do a three-second gut check, you know whether something is right or not. If mm-hmm. you're going to put that in your mouth, you know whether that's the right thing or not. So mm-hmm. we pay attention to exercise and eating right and drinking pure water. But what's really important, Patricia, that people are missing out on is they need to pay attention to what emotions are they're feeding their bodies on a regular basis. What emotions are you engaged in? Because it's either going to create a healthy body or a body that's not very healthy that has problems. And by that time, it's such a well-worn pattern in our brains, it's such a habitual thinking, we're not even aware of it. So start becoming more conscious of what kind of thoughts am I feeding myself because it's affecting my body. It's either going to create vibrant, healthy cells, or it's going to create this perfect, swampy breeding ground to create disease. All right, so let's talk about, you have seven
1: secrets. Let's talk about some of them because this is, what you're talking about now is part of what the Aborigines teach. So what's one of them? And I know one of them is that you think about moving forward, not behind. Talk about that.
2: Right. It's, you know, if you focus on pain and the disease, then that's what you're going to get, is pain and the disease. That's what you're creating. We don't realize how what we tend to focus on and what we give a lot of energy to, that's what we're creating. It just that it's sort of slowed down a little bit, but that's what's happening. So what you want to do, Patricia, is focus on the end result. See yourself already healed. See yourself already feeling fantastic, doing the things that you love doing with your family, maybe hiking or, you know... See that end result and focus on that. Most people tend to focus on the beginning, the obstacles, and that's not helpful. So focus on the end result. And what happens is you start moving in that direction. This is what the Olympic athletes do. This is what, I mean, this is very well proven. They see themselves winning that race. They keep rehearsing it over and over and over. They add emotion to it. What does it feel like to have that gold medal placed around their neck? You keep adding that emotion of, I cannot believe how blessed my life is. I cannot believe how fantastic I feel. Create that visualization or feelingization, I love that word, And then you start moving in that direction. And your body starts moving in that direction. Scientists have proven that when people imagine, athletes imagine moving those muscles, when they're actually not doing it, the muscles actually fire. So when you're focused on healing, actually that body being totally healed, the different cells then start being created and the body starts healing and moving in that direction. And everything else supports it.
1: Hmm. So what is one of the lessons of the aborigines is it that you just keep moving in that direction and you don't you don't think about the pain you don't you just move forward
2: correct you stop feeding the pain and it's here's the thing we have these emotions and this is don 't be afraid of them don 't suppress them or deny them it 's not a head buried in the sand, but let these emotions that are not in the best that are not the healthiest emotions um, let those emotions come and arise, but just don 't engage with them. Let them just keep going there's nothing the emo, The Aborigines tell us that we in the civilized cultures are very afraid of certain emotions. They're like, feel it. Just feel it and let it go. What's next? You know, whereas we tend to hang on to experiences, we tend to hang on to things that have happened to us and create very beautiful, elaborate stories about them that we carry around throughout our life that's not helping us. The Aborigines are very much about being in the present moment, letting go of the past, not putting too much thought into the future beyond what they need to, but staying in the present moment, that's where your power is. And when your mind has its way with you and controls you and takes you off into the past or the future, this is where we're learning how to control the mind rather than the mind controlling you. That's a big difference. A lot of it's happening unconsciously. So start. if you don't think you're going to get better, start turning that around. Start focusing on the end result. I don't know how, and I don't know when, but that's where I'm going. So and is then that, you start moving in that direction. Is that how the average person
1: can find consciousness without going into drastic measures? Just, yes. just by doing what you just said.
2: Yes, being more present, more aware. So much of what we're doing is unconscious. We're not even aware of it. I was raised in a Catholic family. Guilt is so, so strong in that um, upbringing. So I have a lot of guilt. Now, guilt is one of the hardest emotions for the body. It's one of the most toxic. And um, self-hatred is as well. So I have to become aware. Here I am now, 60 years later, trying to be more, not trying, but becoming more conscious of when I have thoughts that are guilt-based and not even realizing that it's my mind feeding me that because it just knows it's been conditioned that way. So I become aware, oh, that's just guilt showing itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not going to buy into that. No, thank you. It's a distortion. It's a lie. It's a conditioning. So you start becoming more aware of what serves me and what creates a healthy body and what doesn't. All right, but more now, importantly, you start pulling out. That's kind of like trying to take a tree down one leaf at a time. To take that whole tree down at once You start getting to the mindset underneath that. That's the real emotional core. What's the mindset that's leading to these thoughts? Mm. Is it that I can't heal myself? Is it that I think I'm not um, ever going to have enough money? What's the mindset behind all these thoughts? That's where you have to start paying attention that your mind is controlling you and lying to you. You don't have to believe it just because you think it. Yes, I know. You've said that before and I love that. Say that again. <laughs> Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true and it doesn't mean you need to keep thinking about it. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you need to keep giving it energy. You stop it as you can and you start redirecting that mind to where it's helping you. What can I find to be grateful for well, right now? It's,
1: it's, now? Now, let me say something about that. If you're looking at a test result or you're looking at a bank account, you know, those numbers are there, and they're real for the moment. So how do you look at that and say, oh, no, no, it's really not there. No, no, I'm really not in the hole. Or no, 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 my blood pressure is really not 200. How do you do
2: that when the numbers telling you something different, Robbie, in black and white? Okay, now this is where you have to pay attention to your instinct and your intuition. And if you really paid attention and did a three-second instinct check... You gut check, three second gut check, you know what's going on and you would look at those numbers and say, this is where I am now, but it's not where I'm staying. I am in the process of healing. I am in the process of creating money. Things are coming to me and you can create that. So this is what it looks like now, but I'm not going to sit here and focus and obsess with those numbers. I am moving on to create what I want. Okay. Mm-hmm. that's where you're at and people get stuck and they get obsessed with lack and they keep thinking about it all the time and what you think about is what you're creating so by mm-hmm. focusing on lack they're creating more lack by focusing on the disease they're creating more pain in the disease you have to move get that mind start controlling that mind to move beyond that and to focus on the end result all right. that's where you want to put your focus and your energy Right. we're going to take a break,
1: and when we come back, we're going to talk to Robbie more about she how she moved from that hectic, successful life that our society promotes into a life of self healing, joy, and spiritual connectedness, and what that looks like, and how can you move toward that, even if your life is very, very busy and very, very demanding. Robbie's book is Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, and she's going to talk more about it, more about the Aboriginal secrets. She is a very gifted healer as well as international speaker and holistic wellness consultant. And her website is holzwellness.com, H-O-L-Z, wellness.com. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. And I'm Patricia Raskin right here on voiceamerica.com. And we'll be back with Robbie for our last segment today right here. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
4: You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well... Maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinac. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety.
3: If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel
0: You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show.
1: Hi, everyone. We are back. My guest is Robbie Holes. She's the author of The Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. And Robbie is a very gifted healer, international speaker, and holistic wellness consultant. Welcome back, Robbie. Thank you. All right, here's the here are the last few questions that I, I really want to talk about, and that is that: How does someone move to this more uh, joyful place of spiritual connectedness and self healing, which you have done from that hectic, successful? life in a sense that our society tells us is successful how does someone do that even when their life is very busy and very hectic
2: well my life was a perfect example of unbalance what does that look like and it was the guilt taking time for myself i never felt i had uh, that it i was able to take time for myself because i felt guilty when i did it i had a family and i had a career and so i was really hardly on the list even to the point where, you know, I got sucked in and almost died twice, and then I was forced to take time for myself. So you have to start recognizing that it's our minds that are controlling us. It's our minds that are slave drivers that tell us we should, we have to, we need to. The ultimate guiding question should be what would love do? And love would not push you to that extreme. Love would allow you to slow down, to be more present. That's important. That's important. Slow down and be more present. Pay attention to what's really going on, what's really going through your mind. And if you can shift it over to finding more gratitude, I guarantee your life will get better. Because when you start focusing on all the beautiful things in your life, more of those things start coming to you and you start waking up mm-hmm. to how amazing things are. How absolutely, uh, what an extraordinary thing to be in a body you know so you start realizing how amazing it is to be on this planet it's paradise it's what are you focusing on are you focusing on the negativity of the world or are you focusing on what's good what's joyful that's going to create Mm -hmm. your day it's not about denial but it's where do you place your focus and have more consciousness about what thoughts are going through your mind are they telling you that you should push beyond what your body wants to do or is it paying attention and feeling, I can let go of that. I can do that tomorrow. I can take time out to go for a walk or get quiet. That, that That's a quality of life thing. And mm. I needed to pay attention that my mind was a real slave driver, really hard, very critical, well, I, I think, very judgmental. You know, I think we we all do that, or a lot of us do that, not all of us, but many
1: but we are also living, particularly right now as the elections are coming up, in a scary world. It's chaotic, it's toxic, it's scary. We're hearing a lot of negativity constantly, particularly in the political realm. So, you know, what's an easy thing that someone can do in their daily life to help create that better world when I all of this is around
2: us? Yeah, I love that you asked that question. It's really coming down to we're very powerful, what we give our energy to and what we focus on. So if you're going to be in a lot of fear base about the news and what's going on, turn it off, because it's not only affecting you, but that's radiating out from you, and that's affecting others around you. Are you going to focus on the wars, or are you going to focus on the people who are doing beautiful things? Again, what are you going to? What energy are you adding to the planet and to your body and to those around you? Because that energy goes out and affects other people. Are you bringing in joy and patience and gratitude, and that's emanating out from you? Are you bringing in? Are you going to create stress and fear and anxiety? Because that's not only affecting you and your body; it's affecting everyone around you and the world. So. Focus on what you want to see. It's that same thing. Focus on the end result of the planet being at peace and in harmony and having deep respect and love for each other and the planet. And, and don't give any energy li- to the other. what if
1: someone listening to this program says, that's absolutely impossible. We're in a complete mess.
2: Well, if you're supposed to be an activist and go out there and do, make a change and that feels right to you in your gut, then you do that. That's what you're here to do. But, again, if you listen, does this feel right? Because if it doesn't feel good to you emotionally, it is not helping your body any either. So this is where it's about where are you going to place your focus? Are you paying attention to what your mind is feeding you? And are you going to focus on that one reckless driver on the highway or all the hundreds of other drivers around you who are behaving in a very courteous way? So it's it's really a discipline, isn't it?
1: It's really a it's it's a decision. It's a decision. It's it's you're going to make a
2: decision to change the way you think. It's coming from consciousness. Me. It's called consciousness, it's called awareness. You're becoming more aware. We're waking up to how our minds have imprisoned us, lied to us and created a lot of emotional pain and physical pain. So it's becoming more awake about what's happening. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you work with people, Robbie? When you work with them, what do you do? What do you do when you counsel them?
2: Well, I have a beautiful team of spirit guides, uh, angels, and even my late husband, Gary, who are on the other side of the veil assisting. And they help give me clarity on what this person's emotional cores are, what their issues are, what's really happening, what the bigger picture is that they may not understand. And then they also Uh, have. So, this is more than a psychic reading, much more. Much more right. It's the bigger picture that people don't. Then they understand why something happened, and they can let go of some of the emotions that are trapping them in pain, and and then that they also help assist with someone. It's blocked. They help unblock them. They help give them aha moments. They they don't just work in that hour. I I just usually have one hour with people. That's all I need. But they keep working with them. They have permission now to step in and keep helping them. Um, And it's beautiful. It's a transformational thing. It it makes a big difference in people's lives. They start seeing the bigger picture, and they start learning how to access help uh, from the other side of the veil. That's a big game changer.
1: So what would you like to leave our listeners with? What do you want them to take away from the aboriginal teachings about enlightenment?
2: I think the aboriginal people would want us to all know and truly know that we are all interconnected. We're just different forms of this oneness, um, divine source, whatever you want to call it. But that we're all one. We're all connected. And to recognize that what I do is going to affect others as well. And how can people find you? They can go to Holes Wellness, H-O-L-Z-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot com. They can also call me at four two five nine six seven five five one four, And I am happy to help them in whatever way I can. And my team is too. We're available to them.
1: Really appreciate you being on the program, Robbie. And just want to let people know, it's Robbie Holtz. Her book is Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. And again, your website is holzwellness.com. H-O-L-Z, right? Wellness.com. You're right. Thank you, Patricia. Any, is there any upcoming workshops we
2: need to know about?
1: or is that uh, all No, I, I've,
2: I've been working on a third book. Um, okay. That I, That's kind of taking my time right now. We're getting really close to getting it done. It's going to be fabulous. I'm excited.
1: All right, and we'll have you on again.
2: Robbie, thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much, Patricia. All right, stay on the line. All right, folks. Uh, Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next week, with all new guests, stay tuned to The Patricia Raskin Show. Uh, Find me, PatriciaRaskin.com. And if you write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com, I can put you on my newsletter list so you'll know who all my guests are for all of my radio shows. And also like me on Facebook and Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you. Everyone have a wonderful week. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.